Support for today's episode comes from Hexclad. I hosted the Jane's Beard Awards um, twice, actually. I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling the truth. And Hexclad is the official cookware of the James Beard Foundation. So I was so happy to hear there are Dinners on Me sponsors. Hexclad has revolutionized the cookware industry with an all-in-one hybrid pan that gives you the convenience and cleanup of nonstick, the versatility of your grandma's cast iron, and the durability to last a lifetime. Whether you want to make that perfect steak dinner on date night or ditch that greasy pan from your college apartment, Hexclad has you covered. James Beard celebrates incredible chefs annually with their prestigious awards that I have had the privilege of handing out. Again, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. And it's no surprise that Hexclad is their official cookware. They are a chef's dream and I, I just, I love cooking with them. I feel so professional when I do. Hexclad also has a lifetime warranty. These are literally the last set of pots and pans you will ever have to buy. Trust me when I say your partner, your family, and all your dinner guests will thank you. So, Chef, now is the time to upgrade that kitchen. For a limited time only, our listeners get 10% off their order with an exclusive link. Just head to hexclad.com slash JTF. Support our show and check them out at hexclad.com forward slash JTF. Bon appetit. Let's eat with Hexclad's revolutionary cookware. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, it's Jesse. Today on the show, you know him as Crosby on the beloved NBC series Parenthood and as the co-host of the very popular podcast Armchair Expert, it's Dax Shepard. I was living on eight grand a year for like nine years straight. And people I went to college with were starting to buy like speedboats and cabins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, have we chosen the right path? This is Dinners on Me, and I'm your host, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I don't know Dax Shepard well, but we've been casual friends for quite a few years now. And like most podcast consumers, I am a huge fan of Armchair Expert, the podcast he co-hosts with Monica Padman. I admittedly only started listening to Armchair Expert after I was a guest on the show, and I have been a loyal fan ever since. He, along with Monica, brings such wit and authenticity to the discussions he has on the show. I don't want to inflate his ego, but ugh, I, I'll confess, I, I was a bit more nervous than usual when Dax agreed to be a guest on my podcast. I mean, he has hundreds of episodes under his belt and is, in my opinion, one of the best hosts in the podcast game. But I also relished the idea of bringing this well-seasoned maverick to my turf, which included eating in front of a microphone and uncontrollable ambient restaurant sounds. You know, things that would really take him out of the comfort of his cushy armchair. Hi. Uh, How are you? I brought Dax to the Cara restaurant at the Cara Hotel. He arrived on a motorcycle, which I'm convinced was an intimidation tactic since he lives literally down the street. I didn't take much of a risk asking him here. He is a regular, and the entire staff knows him and loves him. 
I used to drive by the Cara every day when I lived in Los Feliz, and yet I never made it there. So I was so excited to finally check it out, and I gotta say I was extremely enchanted by all of it, especially dining on the patio alongside a pool and a hundred-year-old olive trees. This episode is extra special because a surprise guest crashed our recording right at the beginning. Her name rhymes with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, well, no, sorry, that's actually literally her name. And she knows Dax from his days at the Groundlings. Okay, let's get to the conversation. Now, does this um, bring back the memories of the first time we met? This, you mean Actually, e- I think I've already together? discovered you don't remember the first time we well, met. When you, I was had, like, you had just come to do Modern Family. Right. <laughs> Pause for applause. And we ate at uh, you said it was a pizza, pizza place, place uh, that on I don't Franklin. think is, it's not there anymore. But it was by La Poubelle and all. Right, that. right, right, right. We right. ate upstairs. Yeah. And I didn't know you. Yeah. And I thought your show was gonna tank. I was <laughs> sad for you. You had moved across the country for a show because that's a bad bet. <laughs> and now I think that was your Rolls Royce that I see parked. Yeah, that was my Rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my drive. I did wonder. My driver's somewhere down the there street. There is a thirty-foot-long Rolls Royce out front. Is it really? Yeah. And I parked my little tiny motorcycle I rode up here, and I was like, <laughs> I pray that's just that's vehicle. that's that's a, that's motorcycle for the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything under a mile. Sure. We go no helmet, just ride yeah, yeah, down yeah, home. Yeah, we yeah. don't see any law. <laughs> Eric Stone Street got a, um, an actual golf cart to ride around to Luke Lake. In. Oh, he did? Yeah. Like If it's uh-huh. like under the 30 mile per hour speed limit, you could ride on those streets. So he'll take it to like the Gelson's. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's bright purple because he's a big Kansas uh, And that's fan. their that's colors? That's their color. Okay. And he's so- kind of living out my fantasy because um, I hated golfing. I'll go with my dad and my brother, but I love driving the golf. Yeah, like I would love to drive one of these across the country. A golf cart? Yes, go like 26 miles an hour and have your leg hung out the side the whole time, (laughs) dragging your shoe on the ground. Yeah, what a smart guy. Yeah, I'm thinking about the last time we saw each other in person. Um, Was it Adam Shankman's game night? Oh, oh, right. Co-hosted by Liz Banks. Which, and that is probably where I discovered you hadn't remembered the meal we had. Yeah. Which, I just you know what? How arrogant of you! Because I, I was already on TV and you weren't. So That's, we're roughly the same age. Yeah? You're, we are roughly the same age. You I graduated was born in '94. Yeah, I'm '93. Yeah. What yeah. year were you born? '75. Same. Yeah. yeah. But you were born a few months earlier than I was. I checked it. Checked it out. Three weeks ago, January second. Yeah. Okay, there you are. And yeah. what, where Happy are you? birthday! So you just turned 39. <laughs> yes. Okay. 39. 49. Yeah. And what? 49, 49, 49. And when is your birthday? <laughs> October 22nd. Okay. Did you like having it so close to Halloween? I didn't mind. You Halloween's didn't not mind. really my holiday. I didn't care. You also, with love and respect to Albuquerque, New Mexico, I think it is a pretty atypical American experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, it, it was a very spread out place. So I, I do remember like going trick-or-treating was sort of like a, a two-mile hike. Uh-huh. You know, you really had to, if you wanted to hit all the houses and people, you know, would have their, their lights turned off and their, their doors shut and their drapes closed. And right, making it very you'd clear. Have to, there'd be like five of those in a row before you get to another house that wanted. That was kind of my that, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say I did have a gun pulled on me my very first trip to Albuquerque. Of course you did. Yeah. And uh, why were you in Albuquerque? Ultimately a great story. I used to work for General Motors. Yeah, because your mom was, uh, did she work for General Motors? She did. She was, uh, uh, she did work directly for them. Then she left to go to an ad agency. And then she built this business that was a vendor for them. Uh And let's say in the 90s, you would have picked up a 
a car and driver or a road and track or any car magazine. Uh-huh. If there had been a GM vehicle on the cover, that vehicle had been lent to that magazine by General Motors. Okay. And maybe even more likely that that journalist had been flown to some event somewhere in the country so they could test it. Right. So my mom's business managed the fleet of cars that got lent to all the journalists. Mm-hmm. And then we also put on these huge shows to showcase them. So I was sent to Albuquerque at like 22 to do legwork, we called it, to go find off-roading trails because we were going to do okay. a truck show. And we had to have some good fire roads and stuff. To and there's showcase. tons of them there. Yes. Yeah. So we had a great time. I was like off-roading all day. And sure. I'm 22 or 3 and I'm getting paid to destroy a rental car. That's my dream. <laughs> and then we're at a light and, uh, you know, maybe I had been tailgating the person or they were tailgating. Oh. Whatever the scenario, uh, three gentlemen in a Monte Carlo, 84 Monte Carlo, started popping off. I yelled some things back. All of a sudden, gun was out, out the Axe. window, pointed directly at me. Then they peeled away, and as luck would have it, the very next car that came through the intersection was an Albuquerque cop. And They're I kind immediately of honked too, yeah. and then rolled down my window. I'm like, they just pulled the gun out of me. I can still see the car. <laughs> and they were uh, pulled over. Yeah. I mean, Albuquerque- Justice prevailed that day, Just for once. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Did you two know each order? other? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you know have you had a time? Have you familiarized yourself with the menu? I have. What do you, you know? Get? What you're getting? Because I know exactly what I'm. Are you going to get the cheeseburger? I'm getting the cheeseburger lettuce right. wrapped, and I'm getting that incredible salad with the uh, Marcona almonds. Mm. I'm praying. I didn't even look to see that it's still on the menu. Is that still a sa- the sale? <gasps> oh Jesus! Oh God, you're so VIP. Has it been here. removed? I don't see it. It's still available for dinner, but we can make it. Happen. Oh my gosh! You're so Thank VIP. You. Thank you. And then the fries, very delicious French fries. Can I have some of them? Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Let's just I, get I your you. own back. <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. And the, the burger already comes with fries. Would you like an extra set of fries? Oh no, I'll take the ones. Well, that come. sounds like I might but have to take an extra set. Give me the side. Sure. One. I am gonna do the the salmon, and then I'm gonna do the uh, prosciutto and burrata. Oh, that's incredible! I'm glad oh, yeah. you ordered it. You can't I have it. Usually any. order that. Do you as want well. your own? Get your own. No. Um, when you're not looking, I don't have a bite. <laughs> and can I have a coffee, please, too? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Uh, with a little bit of milk. Just uh, whole milk? Yeah, whole's fine. And I'll have a Diet Coke, which is the best tasting beverage in okay. the world, and I'm available to endorse it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, what an incredible Hi, how are you? Oh, my God. I was like, you have terrible instincts. You're not protecting yourselves. Nobody's protecting you. Holy fuck. Shut up. Shut up. You live in the area. You know her and Ben split. She lives here at the car. Yeah, you live here. I was just telling Dax how Eric Stonestreet would ride his um his golf cart around to Luke Lake. Yep, I do that, too. You ended up getting one, too, right? You copied it. I did. Well, look at this. Yeah. This isn't mine. You made me do mine from my house. No, this is mine. <laughs> this is his. I, yeah, this that's is mine. I would never. That's why it's gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, and I would never bring uh, microphones into an environment this loud. That's a real fuck you to you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. He still the got it. Thing. Yeah, this still is just one it. of many to come. Still mad. All right, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Bye. <laughs> Bye. So good to see you. Bye. Jonathan's dying one. to go get uh, Melissa to sign a release. And yeah, I was just going to say, can, um, let's be honest. We yeah. can now label this episode the, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Because I would. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? You'd be a bad businessman. She's an Oscar if... nominee two times yes, over. Yes, yes, yes. In a box office, You're the guy darling. from Punk. That's exactly <laughs> no. right. You've made all the right calls. <laughs> you know our history. What? Are you in the list? You went to, you you did um, Groundlings together, together, For 28 years. Yeah. 25 years. Yeah, we used to rent out shitty theaters and no one came to them. You were in the Groundlings with Melissa, Octavia Spencer. Ben. uh, Some fantastic writers and directors. Yep, Nat Faxon. There was a moment at that Oscar where Octavia was nominated, Melissa was nominated, Tate had directed The Help, and then Nat and Jim were nominated for writing whatever it's Alexander wild. Payne movie they wrote. Yeah. Yeah. That's the wild. Way Back? No. The, the, the Way Back. The Way Back. Star Wars? Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Jedi Returns, I think. Is the, the chapter. Yeah, Ewoks. Have you done a lot of, because um, I, I was trying to do some research on you, have you done a lot of interviews since you've been doing um, Armchair Expert? Because I feel like I've learned so much <laughs> about you through your own show. Yeah. Um, it's all there. It's, it really I'm, is. I'm not... Holding back. Um, yeah. I still do them occasionally. Yeah. I, maybe less. Yeah. But it's kind of a weird thing. I, I do wonder if people ask you less because they know you have a show. Right. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I do know so much about you through the show. Too so much. I should, I should have, too much. Too much. Okay. Let's just, enough is enough. I'm more comfortable with this about <clears> you We can just anyways. ease. That's okay. fine. <laughs> Let's just. In silence. Let's just um, torture the misophonia <laughs> listeners. I, um, I got to be a guest on your show. We had to do it remotely because yeah, I was in Provincetown. That sucks. Um, I will totally come back and do it in the attic again if you ever want. Please, me. if someone cancels, it's so different. I, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. Um, that, that period, I was at the same time like I was both really grateful that everyone else had to stop everything. Yeah, and we didn't. We ended up getting like some pretty crazy guests that I yeah. don't know that otherwise we like Obama. But as grateful as I was, it's dramatically different in person Mm -hmm. there's you get really aware of how much like biochemical pheromonal Mm -hmm. little spidey things you observe about people like you know you can only connect so uh, deeply through the screen sure I have to admit that I wasn't I wasn't a listener I knew of the show yeah and then when it came out I was going to listen to my episode yeah and I have a real problem listening to myself on in interviews, and you so do? I do, I do. So I didn't listen to my episode, but I I binged. I start first. I started with all the David Sedaris episodes because I oh. saw that you had him as a guest, and so I listened to like all three or four that you. I'd had almost him. recommend stopping after those because they're very. Impossible I did start to top. with some great ones, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. then I just binged so much of your show, and I was like, thank God I actually didn't listen to this. Oh, do you think you might have been nervous? I think I would have been really nervous. Well, yeah. I do wonder that because this this comes up often enough where like say Anna uh, sorry we work with an Anna so now every Anna I wrongly <laughs> say so Anna Kendrick yeah yeah is someone Another who great episode who like genuinely li- liked our show a lot yeah. and then had turned it down several times because and this is so flattering but she's like I respected the show too much to come on and not be wow. super truthful and then she got to a point where she wanted to talk about yeah. some stuff publicly, which is great because she trusted us to do it. But I do wonder how many people might like the show but but are nervous that they think what's required of them is to like expose something right. for the first time or, right. or ultra deep. I had this with Polar. You, you're friend, are you friends yeah, with Amy? Yeah, I love Amy, yeah. Yes. 
I love her. She's like one of my favorite so people, and we have a very fun friendship. And she genuinely likes the show. She has from the get-go. Yeah. And I, you know, asked her to come on, and she's like, I don't want to go and not talk about all the stuff that you would want to talk about. I'm like, I don't need to. That doesn't, it, yeah. it can be anything. Yeah. In fact, it's kind of nice when a comedian comes on, and we just laugh for yeah. two hours. Yeah. And it's tricky. I don't know. So, like, sometimes I'll ask people, and I'm like, my feelings are a little hurt. Because sure. I think, I'm not asking you to come into my basement so my three friends will listen. Like, it's got a big footprint. Yeah. And you're already promoting stuff, so why not? And then I guess in my most confident days, I go, they probably just are afraid that they would be copying out by not telling me about their... I mean, it is an intimidating thing because it is a long-form conversation and, you know, it begs for a conversation that's going to be investigated more and, you know, revelations. And so I think, you know, some people, it's easier for them to go on to these four-minute segments where you get to say your piece, do your job, and then get out of there. Yeah, but it is, I don't know how you feel, but people do feel more comfortable in those six-minute snippets. And I actually hate, I hate those. Uh-oh, round one yeah. has arrived. Oh, boy. Oh, look at yes. it. It's just, oh, thank you so much. Oh, look at that crudite. Well, that's beautiful. Again, the listener doesn't know, but it's very colorful. Well, they're going to see on my Instagram. Okay. So do, they, do, they, <laughs> do they go through the slides while listening? Do you yeah, think? I, probably not. It's probably just for me. I know you interviewed Letterman, and uh, it was a very exciting moment for you. Are there other people that you were extremely nervous to have on your show? Oh, yeah. There's been a bunch. But I'll get nervous for different reasons, you know? Um, Letterman, of course, because he's my hero and my idol. Mm. And the singular reason I wanted to be in show business, I just wanted to be interviewed by him. I didn't have any aspirations of acting or doing anything else other than being on his show. <laughs> yeah, he's just so special. Yeah. Um... But I'll get nervous. So, like, so I did Obama. Yes, of course. Second time I've brought that up. I keep name dropping that. <laughs> but, like, I got nervous for a different reason with him, which is, like, he's a tough interview. He, he, he answer, he's a politician. He answers the questions and he wants to answer regardless of the one you absolutely. asked Absolutely. And he also will go on. And it, you're in a precarious situation because going in, I'm like, I will have to interrupt him. I've watched a bunch of interviews, yeah. and there's no way I can only let him answer three questions in the course of two hours. And yeah. that's what will happen. Yeah. So, like, I had to interrupt him. Just oh, dicey. No one you have to interrupt Obama. Now for a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, we talk about one of the things that scared Dax in the early days of his relationship with his wife, Kristen Bell, and the armchair expert that surprised him and reminded him of his dad. Okay, be right back. Don't you just love it when someone looks at you and says, hmm, something's different about you. What were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake than ever. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and wider for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes, and you know you can trust them because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Loam, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. 
The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying, something's different about you, but in the best possible way. So check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. Well, I was curious. I saw that you were originally born in Missoula, and I'm yeah. thinking, what could your parents have done there other than there's a college there? And then you moved to Albuquerque. Are either of your parents teachers? No, my mom is an OBGYN nurse, and my dad is a microbiologist. Oh, wow. Um, both retired now. So suffice to say that they were financially solvent. They were. They did okay. We were very middle class. But- right. You know, they were like stressing about the heat bill or anything. I think they were okay. Like we never had the heat turned off. We were had cars to drive, and if they were struggling, I certainly didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even today, like with money, like I'm very happy giving it away. I'm happy helping friends. Like I'm not precious mentality. about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's another thing that's like kind of illogical is that the the majority of my life we were fine, and like my very best friend. We've been best friends since we were 11. He was, grew up in abject poverty, like the worst you've seen. Six people in a single wide trailer. And he met me and I lived in a pretty nice house. Yet I have all the baggage of being the poor kid in the welfare apartments. It wasn't until recently I'm like, it must confuse you that I have the same disposition, even though when you met me, I all of a sudden was like a kid on the right side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. But my again, the foundation is is that, you know, three years old till 10 years old where it was dicey. Right, right, right. And then you just can't shake it. Sure. But then also, you know, when you started off acting professionally, I mean, you, from what I understand, you still struggled. I mean, as we all did when we were first starting off. Yeah, I didn't start working and getting a check until nine years after I moved to L.A. Right. And so, yeah, I was living on eight grand a year for like nine years straight. Right. And people I went to college with were starting to buy like speedboats and cabins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, what is, have we chosen the right path? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when At what point did Kristen and you meet? Mm. I think 2000. Seven. Okay. We're in, we've entered our seventeenth year together. Wow. That's and no, I'm like the piggy who built his house out of bricks. I saved every yeah. fucking penny I've ever made. I owned my house right. when we met. Um, her her relationship with money scared the shit out of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was probably like yours. Like if she has, if she makes ten dollars, she gives fifteen away. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so I was generous. like, I was scared by the way she was running through life. I like the notion that I could only get by for a month or something. It was just overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How did that affect you 
just in terms of sort of the overnight success of this podcast. I mean, you have a great body of work and like you've done a million things and, you know, parenthood was so wonderful. But, you Uh know, I think that your most lauded thing that you've done is, is this podcast because it's, it is very good and you're a very good host and, um, it's a, it feels fresh and unique and it was pretty much from what I understand an overnight success. It was, I I still don't know that I accept it. Mm. There's a lot of dissonance because I had been acting and directing and writing and selling a lot of stuff for, uh, 17, 18 years. And my experience was I worked super duper hard. The harder I work, the less good the thing does. Like writing and directing a studio (laughs) movie is so much fucking work. Yeah. Um, And so I put so much effort into chips. Chips didn't open well. And then I was like, well, now what are we doing? Mind you, it was the funnest. I was gonna say you must have had a three ball months of my it. life. Yeah. Holy smokes, was that fun! Um, but I was like, if it's, it feels like it's gonna be hard for me to return to just standing on the mark and saying lines now. The other, yeah. the other thing is just so engaging and 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 um, all consuming, and I love it. Yeah. So I just had some apprehensive feelings about how I'm going to go s- sit in my trailer for 85% right. of the day. And just to be a and yes man. And, yeah. Um, so then we started the podcast. And yeah, for the first episode, it was Kristen and I. Yeah. And by like total lightning striking, it was very big, the very first episode. And then it just built from there. And I was like, I'm not used to home runs. <laughs> and this was not a lot of work. Did it feel like a home run when you were doing it? Because I know that you you toyed with the idea of not releasing that episode because for people who haven't listened, it's a uh, it's basically an hour long fight. <laughs> yeah. You know, you really are letting us into your marital uh, dynamic. And we've already been in the Samsung commercials, right? So you yeah, already yeah, yeah, have yeah, this yeah. notion of what we were like, right? And yeah, we were like bickering, and she was annoyed. She wanted to be at she um, wanted to be at Michaels. <laughs> thank you. She wanted <laughs> yeah. to be at Michaels. She had some yarn to buy. Yeah. She was on guard. She thought I was going to try to get her to say something that she went normal. You know, whatever right. it was, I was controlling as hell. It's kind of a great thing for a couple to do is to do a podcast together. Yeah. Because you hear yourself for the first time. Yeah. I was like, ooh. But that ooh. was also your job. I mean, as a host, it is a, you are meant to, like, guide a conversation. And it was also my first, first one. one. You know, to have that be the first one and to have it go like that, I don't know if I would have had... I think I would have just said we have to do this later. Or why? <laughs> well, I, I, luckily, I can't I, you kept I, going. I've talked to like five or six other hosts who have done their spouses, and I'm comforted to know they all go bad. Okay. Yeah, everyone I've ever talked to, it's like it's not a great recipe yeah. for couples. But it was such a blessing in that right. we did say, you know what? This is like this is honest. Like yeah. we got to stand by. This is also part of it. Yes, I, I got her a sloth for her birthday. Yeah. And we're in Samsung commercials. And we fucking hate each other's guts yeah. over Michael's yarn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that weirdly informed what the show was going to be gonna say forever. Which yeah. is like, Instead no, this palette. is a show about we're dropping the facade. Like, right. Mm-hmm. So I find that comforting. Right. I don't find perfection very comforting. I don't find people holding... Oscars over their head to be very inspiring. I'm not going to get an Oscar. I have nothing to learn from that. When the dude crashes his car after he wins an Oscar because he drank too much, like, no, man, 
What, tell me what happens next. How'd you get through this? Like, I might learn something from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you also had your mom on, um, which was other sort of like close personal um, episode that I, I, I really enjoyed listening to. Are I mean, you listening to that I one? I did, I did. That's um, an armchairy favorite. I think yeah, that's probably like the armchairy it's, favorite. It's pretty fantastic. Um, are there episodes of yours that are your favorites besides those two? Definitely my mom. Yeah. Because um, she's not in show business. She, that's the first interview yeah. of her life. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Dax is offering me a fry. This Sometimes is... I'm a better version of myself. <laughs> Sometimes. But um, she's she's one of my favorites. Um, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Okay. Have yeah, you yeah. heard that one? I haven't actually heard that one. I yet. really encourage okay. you to... You've heard it? Yeah. Oh. I, I told like, everyone to listen to it. I was like, so, I was like sobbing. <laughs> I was too. Oh my and gosh, what was, really? What's crazy is, now my dad did, didn't have like a three foot blonde mullet and he didn't wear pepper spray, but fuck, they look so much alike. Yeah. I had a couple of moments where I sincerely lost like my relationship with space and time and I thought I was talking to my dad. Because wow. he has all the same things. He's like, he's super macho. He was in a motorcycle gang. He was not just in the motorcycle gang, he was a sergeant of arms, which means he's the toughest member of it. And then you find out how tender this boy is yeah. and how this is such a facade. And he's dealing with Beth who had just died and he really just opened up and we were, it was mind blowing because my expectation was so mm -hmm. different. And I just was so delighted that he was willing to do all that. I was right. just very grateful for it. Yeah, and, and it's impossible not to love Dog the Bounty Hunter after yeah, that yeah, episode. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good one. He also got bit, ironically, at the Starbucks by our house by a dog. <laughs> Fucking Dog the Bounty Hunter showed up to my house with the a one big, on uh, Hillers? A, a big, yeah, no, no, the one on um, that they just removed that was on Western. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. But yeah, he got bit by a dog, and he showed up to my house with paper towel wrapped all around his hand. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is the most ironic thing imaginable. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm gonna take a big juicy bite. Take a of this big juicy burger. bite of that burger. Um, go ahead. But Anna Kendrick. Yeah, that one blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, I one really. Like the next day, I was kind of messed up. Yeah. In a, in a delightful it's also very way. long. You guys talked for a very long time. And and likely talked even longer in real sure. life. Sure, yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple that have gone like four hours. Yeah. Well, I know you've had a lot of people thank you for your day seven episode. <clears throat> um, I don't suffer from addiction, but I, I listened to that and I found it incredibly helpful in other ways for me. Um, just in terms of like accepting failure. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Especially when you are put on a pedestal as someone who is doing so good at something. Yeah. To admit that. It was that, my identity at that point, which yeah. was dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever consider not talking about it on the show and just dealing with a it thousand privately? Percent. I considered that way more than way I more. considered the alternative. The last thing I wanted is going public seven days after this collapse of everything. Right. And share that with people. But it would have felt so dishonest to the bond and the agreement you have with the audience. 
it would have felt just like a huge violation of all these right. people who had been listening at that point for years mm -hmm. and maybe looking to me as a role model. Right. And then also, I'll give... Um, I hate to do it because I hate to give him credit. But, uh, no, Bradley Cooper said the kind, kind of the, the tipper for me. Oh, you know what? Stop now. You, he doesn't need the... He You're right. Need, you know, yeah, like, maybe I should know. <laughs> he, he said something that was kind of the tipping point for me. He said, are you going to... Because I told him I relapsed. And then he said, are you going to tell everyone? And I said... At that point, I was like, I don't think so. I don't think that's... You know, I just have to consider, like, what impact it has on Kristen. Kristen's out in the world doing tons of interviews. I don't want her to have to fucking spend half of every interview. Right. What's it like being married to an addict? Like, it just doesn't feel fair to her. Right. And I said, you know, I just... I said, I, you know, I, I don't want to admit to it. Just to be honest, like, I, I, I'm so afraid of losing that thing that people liked about me and that um, I might be helping people. And he said, well, let me tell you this. There's nothing helpful about a guy that's 16 years sober and married to Kristen Bell and is yeah. rich. What's yeah. helpful to somebody is someone who just ate shit and gets back up. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So if I'm sincere about what I like about it is that I'm being helpful, then I really have only a single You have that option. obligation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So fuck it. I got, I'll give him credit. He, he earned it. Yeah. Yeah, he earned that one. <laughs> and he's so sexy, too. <laughs> It'd be easier if he so wasn't so GD sexy. sexy. Yeah. Do you see Armchair Expert going on for as long as you want it to go on? I mean, it's it seems like it just keeps growing. Because years six, I think if it had been a fad, that would have been exposed by now. Yeah. And we've just grown every year. So... How do you talk to yourself? Like, you have Obama. You've had Obama on. You've had Letterman on. You've had some of these iconic people on your show. Well, well that's been the hardest part of... The six years. At first, I'm still, like, driven by, yeah, getting to interview Letterman or Obama or Hillary or name it. Bill Gates. I fucking... Uh -huh. Bill Gates flew to Seattle to do a live show on stage with me. I was like, well, this... What could be more incredible yeah. than this? This guy doesn't do this. Yeah. And yet you'll run out of high-status people to validate you. Mm -hmm. And then you have to figure out why you're doing it. And I know I've brought it up 10 times, but also money. Like, money's a huge thing to me. I, I, you know, I wanted to be rich. I was probably the worst person to negotiate on everything. Like, I'm so afraid. I got to get everything I can. And this thing ended up coming with an amount of money that I didn't really even fantasize about right. getting. So now that wasn't on the table. So that was a huge motivator that was gone. Then I had kind of tapped out on the high status validation that kind of started being off the table mm -hmm. and then that interview with Anna Kendrick I was like no no there's something so special that happens in this attic and that is what it's about that's why it even worked in the first place because I, I I started it not even knowing you could make money at it I didn't have any right. of the goals I normally have I did it because I like chatting with people about emotions and so that Anna Kendrick one came at the perfect moment where it was like I kind of had capped out on all the approval and the money, and I was a little lost and confused about what I was pursuing. And then that one happened, and I'm not delusional. I don't really think this could be achieved, but I thought your goal should, for every single interview to be that connected that's the goal. That's what yeah. you're chasing now. But I had to figure out what I was chasing. 
What's it been like to go through this experience with Monica, who I know you're so close with and had a whole different relationship with before all this started? I mean, the headline is incredible. Um, incredible. I've never gotten to play such a role in someone else's dreams coming true. Mm -hmm. And again, although I'm insanely grateful for everything I've gotten, it didn't fix anything. It didn't really heal anything. I didn't look in the mirror and go like, yeah, now I think you're good looking. But in my fantasy, it was everything was gonna be golden. I wouldn't have to watch my diet. I didn't have to brush my teeth twice a day. <laughs> everything would be solved. It just didn't feel like I, what I hoped. But um, being a part of someone else's success does yeah. feel like I, way beyond what I fantasize. The fact that Rob, my producer, owns a beautiful house down the street and Monica's building one across the street from ours, like that, I am delighted about yeah. that. That feels incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And we to watch her go from new at it to scared no one, you know, like wanted her to talk or, or didn't know who she was to, to then feeling truly confident and now just behaving exactly how she'd want to without right. any racket. Yeah. Now for a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, Dax tells me his and Kristen's different approaches to social media and which Armchair Expert episode made him especially proud of his co-host, Monica Padman. Okay, be right back. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then I'll work with one of our editors or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. Sad? Lonely? Dating life in the dumps? Want to spice things up? Well, me too! I'm Nicole Byron. I host the podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? See, listen, I have been single my whole dang life, and I can't figure out why. So on my podcast, I talk to comedians, actors, dating professionals, and even ex-lovers to discuss their dating life and figure out my own. We cover things like app dating, first date horror stories, sexcapades gone wrong. Truly, nothing is off the table. Whether you're single, dating, or in a relationship, there's something fun for everyone. Subscribe and listen to Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with more Dinners on Me. Do you ever feel, because you share so much of yourself and people know so much about you and feel like they know so much about you, yet you don't know a lot about them? Because your, your fans are, you have, your fans are very, very... Um, uh, they're passionate about you and Monica and your show. Aaron, uh, An Anna introduced us to this um, phrase, which is parasocial relationship. They're in a parasocial relationship yes. with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, there's a, so much about my life no one knows. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of privacy for us. Uh, the other... <laughs> no, that, that was your cue to... I'm pushing uh, this towards... Uh, Go ahead, tell uh, us. Uh, 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 <laughs> Yeah, there's plenty of privacy for yeah. us. And if they're listening to uh, Armchair Expert, like, I'm delighted. I've never, ever 
had a group of people that knew my work that I enjoyed interacting with as much as armchair. Oh, nice. And it makes sense because I'm not a care. I'm not a character. It's, if you've yeah, been drawn just, to this, yeah. you're drawn to me. And if you're drawn yeah. to me, then odds are we get along pretty good. Yeah. Well, that is the distinction, you know, uh, to do something that is so personal to you where you're offering pieces of your humanity mm -hmm. every time you sit in front of your microphone in, in your attic with Monica. You know, it's not something everyone could do. It's not something that... Um, everyone should do right and it's yeah. it's not for it, everyone it, it takes I've a, had a lot of friends start shows yeah. and I and I've said to them what I've heard Howard Stern say for years like if you think you can have a wall up between you yeah in your life you just can't do this that's yeah. not what the contract is okay, yes please I would love that um do you and Monica I know you've talked a little bit about reading comments and getting upset about things that people have said about you and yeah. Kristen you know she's really good about talking me off a ledge <laughs> yes she's a Jedi she is she's so much but she has such higher self-esteem than I know <laughs> I do and I'm gonna guess than you do yeah, probably. she truly and it is and I can't recommend it enough like get you a partner with high self-esteem because yeah. you can joke with them non-stop they can take anything yeah. and that yeah she can read comments that send me you know, right. into a rage. And what she, about for her, if, if something's said about her, does she have a different reaction? Well, so, I do think we have this little bit of a pattern where I generally, I won't engage. Uh, my whole thing is, but we, she and I disagree about this. I'm like, th there's the best tool on this thing, which is like, I'm hosting a party. If you come to my party and you say something shitty, I can ask, I can disinvite you yeah. to this party. Like, yeah. blocking. Yeah. I love it. I probably have... 20,000 people blocked. <laughs> I bet I have the longest blocked list <laughs> no, no, on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she'll be like, no, I don't block them. I want them to see them having a good time in all their judgment of me. Uh -huh. And I'm like, yeah, that's Jedi, but that's not for me because it affects me when I read it. Yeah. I'll say it doesn't, but then I'll be driving down the road three hours later and I'll be like, why do they think she makes more money than me? I make, like, <laughs> I find myself defending myself to this comment I told me, I told myself doesn't affect me, but yeah. it does. But... I also believe I am running a business. The people that have taken the time to say something nice, they deserve uh -huh. to be seen by me. Mm -hmm. So I am going to read the comments. Right, right. And I'm going to wade through the ones I don't like and block people. Um, because I do ultimately think if you take five minutes to write a nice paragraph about a time that yeah. reminded you of with your son or your parent, like, I want you, you to know it. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm going to do it. Yeah. I want to ask about like your interview with Alison Roman. I really loved. Oh, uh huh. Uh, because I know that she, at the time that she came on, was sort of recovering from a cancellation. Yep. I would call it. Yeah. Um. You know, I love to cook, and I'm a big foodie, and uh, she's someone who I greatly admired. Yeah. And I was really disappointed with what she did to to, to be canceled. And she was sort of you know coming out against other people and other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. One of them being my friend Christy Teigen. Mm -hmm. And. I, I have to say your your conversation with her turned me around. Oh, that's um, nice. And I I liked how she was very forthcoming and she, she accepted responsibility. Yeah. But you were really good about not letting her off the hook too early and pressing her. And I wonder Well, I you... personally, I read through all this stuff. Right. And my first thought was, I just rejected the premise that she's a racist, mm -hmm. which is what got her canceled. 
she's a jealous motherfucker who had her own anxiety about trying to launch her own thing that was identical to these other people and then some, wanted it both ways. And she admitted to all that, which to me yeah, made me at peace with the whole interview. Because like all I wanted from her was the accountability of what I think was really going on, but I kind of rejected the notion that she hates Asian people. <laughs> I found that a little hard to believe. Yeah. Um, but that is how it was framed, and obviously, if someone hates Asian people, uh, they should be canceled. But I just didn't really think that's what was happening. Did it feel like tricky waters to, to wade through? I think because the, she was there because Monica. I, I didn't right. know who else. I don't cook. I don't. I mean, I cook, but I don't watch cooking videos. I don't. Right. I'm not, I don't know much about chefs. So it was someone Monica loved, and for me, that whole episode is Monica's episode because. The moment for me was her telling Monica, you were the only person that was saying you liked me in public in a moment wow. that I really needed that. And you really have carried me to this point. And I was so proud of Monica, because Monica's younger and much more liberal than I am, and she's prone to, you know, she's more liable to hop on the cancel train than I am, right. to say that. And she kind of stuck to her intuition about who this person was. And so I was so proud of her for putting her own neck out on behalf of this woman she had never met. And then to see what an impact it had on her life. Like for me, that's, if you asked me to list like, what are Monica's great episodes? That's one yeah. that I was just so proud to be her friend. It was well done. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got a little welled up a couple times here. Did you? Yes. Aw, that's cute. <laughs> I went 20 years without crying, and now it seems to be something I like to do once a week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next week on Dinners on Me, you know her as my stepmom Gloria on Modern Family, and most recently for her amazing performance as Griselda Blanco in the Netflix miniseries Griselda, it's Sofia Vergara. We'll get into why the role of Griselda Blanco is so important to her, the voicemails she gets from Ed O'Neill, and why marshmallows were hidden on the Modern Family set. And if you don't want to wait until next week to listen, you can download that episode right now by subscribing to Dinners on Me Plus. As a subscriber, not only do you get access to new episodes one week early, you'll also be able to listen completely ad-free. Just click Try Free at the top of the Dinners on Me show page on Apple Podcasts to start your free trial today. Dinner's On Me is a production of Sony Music Entertainment and a kid named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson. It's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hans Dale Shee composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Tamika Balance-Kolasny and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week. <laughs>